listening to Crime Coffee and Crafts, a podcast featuring two crafty besties who love true crime and a good cup of joe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. That's the pose all them kids are doing. Yeah, duck face. as I as I sit here with my pants up to my boobs. <laughs> what? Fun fact, Kristen snapped me a video saying that. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I'm here for the laughs, guys. You know, that's what I'm here for. Hell yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I love yep, that. Yep. I love that shirt. Oh my god. I love it too. So good. So good. So hard to see. It's perfect. There, can you see it? Yeah. Got All it. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, can I show everybody something real quick? Please, please. So I've been trying show to and like, tell. organize things in my home. And that means that I'm buying nifty things. So my friend gave me this, which is actually a silverware tray. Oh, okay. And I was like, wow, that's super cool. Like but we kind of hated it because it's only a single one. Mm. And I don't like it when my big spoons and little spoons and et cetera. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, I don't like it either. either. So I bought a double wide version of it. Uh And I was like, well, what am I going to do with the single one? Dude, crochet hooks, knitting needles, lip gloss. You got to have lip. You got to have it everywhere. I'm using it for my crafty stuff. I like it. So... It's a good um, little organizer. Anyway, very that's nice. It. That's my show and tell. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, I'm drinking coffee. Hell yes, out of the coolest mug ever. Mm-hmm. Besides ours, of course. Besides ours, ours is always going to be top. Besides top, top. But I needed the extra, extra large cup today. Um, and I got. So my dad for Christmas got me Death Wish coffee. Fuck yes! Somebody was just saying that they drink it and they love it. And this is a dark roast, so I usually go for medium roast, but it's really good. I don't know if it's the world's strongest coffee, but that's what they say it is. So maybe it is. Well, considering it's a Um, dark roast, probably not, but okay. Yeah. I, I know. Um, but it is organic and fair trade. So we like that. Fuck yeah, Deathwish. Um, they uh, support coffee farmers and take a stand for equality and sustainability. I love that. Um, but yeah, it tastes good and it's got me going. It's good for recording days. Well, especially because it's keep a darker roast. You can drink more of it without getting completely like. I'm a little jittery. Not gonna lie, because you know we. You've already had. This is my third mug or third ginormous mug. (laughs) It's like a thirty ounce mug. Yeah, I'm pretty. Um, it probably. (coughs) This is oh, this is fifteen, isn't it? Or twenty? Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, I think that one's. Yeah, our big one. Our big one is fifteen ounce. Yeah. It's a great mug. Really uh, my friend Bill, love him to death. He bought one of our mugs. And yes. He uses it like every day. That um, one that lives closer to me than do you? No. He's one of he your lives, friends. No, you're, you have another friend who bought our yeah, sweat. bought sweatpants, and then love my sweats, dude. Yeah. Um, and then one of my one of the children yeah she oh yeah i wanted she to ask wanted she wanted share. a hoodie i want to ask um, her if we can share that on our instagram i'll i'll get up with her she posted a picture wearing her hoodie which by the way everybody should post a picture with their swag 
please please we like it we'd um, like to see it we'll have to... we want permission to share mm -hmm. pretty please Thanks. pretty please so there's that and then um i have a painting yes i have a painting it's a large one the um, so i don't know if it'll fit in the frame but just like um we'll see so this one i really love because it's a lot of bold color but um a lot of people especially these days are really into the monstera plants you right, know the big yeah. fancy leaves that are green so i this is my take on the monstera plants okay bring it dude i love it i freaking love it um and uh, just as an FYI, if you're going to do just canvas and not frame them, make sure you wrap your paint that's, around that's the edges. That's one of Kristen, Kristen's peeves is when people don't do that. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. You've got to make sure that your painting wraps around. It's very important. Um, it just gives a better aesthetic when you see it on a wall. Mm -hmm. So look at me pretty colors. I and love it. I made every one of these colors out of other paints that I have. So of course you did. It's one of the things I like doing <laughs> is mixing a paint. And then of course I can never get the right color again, but it's okay because that's my that's normal. process. That's my process. Yeah. So um, this is a lovely painting. I love it, love it, love it. And I actually want to do similar ones in different colors. But um, per use, it reminds it reminds me so much of Andy Warhol stuff. Yeah, he does a lot of bright colors and blocks of colors. I really like blocks of colors. I don't. I my house currently is just like these weird cream colored walls. So making sure I have bright, vibrant paintings yep. really helps my mental clarity. Well, and that's actually why I will be doing my walls all like a barely gray because yeah. I like bright artwork and I don't want it to clash. Well, I have chosen paint that yes. is colorful oh. for my walls. Yes, I know. You have <laughs> I know. Um, I but they still coincide with the colors I usually typically do for my paintings too. Right. So they don't clash too bad. Yes. <coughs> so, <clears throat> sorry guys, I feel like all of a sudden I have to cough. She's a little verklempt. <gasps> <laughs> We're fine. We're fine. We're good. This is normal. Um. So yeah. Um. Heidi will price that, and yeah. You can DM her if Pre you would like to purchase that. Kristen is not one. allowed to price her own stuff. Nope. Confirmed. Because I lowball. Like, I don't just lowball. I like She's basically extremely. <laughs> because yeah. I do have to preface that I paint and create for my sanity. It's therapy for me. So absolutely. I like to create artwork for brain purposes um and I guess I've been told that I'm good at it too so maybe I try little. and stick with it <laughs> just just a little bit only one of our favorite artists ever I try and so. put my talent out there yeah it's hard though self-esteem and all that well self-confidence embrace yourself oh yeah oh yeah I'm working on it but anyways yeah so available for purchase. Oh yeah. Um, and it's a big one. It's I think it's 16 by 20, maybe bigger. I don't remember. I'll have um, to figure out shipping for that one. <laughs> they're still very light. It just would be a long package, but yeah. Yeah. So trigger warnings. Woo! Yeah. So before I go into this, I was looking for a new case to study. Mm -hmm. 
and I figured out when this episode is going to air and it'll be January 20th. So then I went into my little tabby wabby on my googly moogly and found Mr. Joel Rifkin that was born. I used my Google machine. Um, He was born January 20th. But in the year 1959. His birthday is on January 20th. So when somebody, we air, it'll be yeah. his birthday. I'm like somebody else, somebody I know's birthday is on January 20th. Hmm. Uh-oh. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of January birthdays. Uh yeah. Mine's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And a child, one of my children and my dad. And oh man. Uh, my friend Whitney. Oh man, yep. lots of Januarys. Jeez, lots of Januarys. It's a good month. It is. It's beginning of a new year. Hell yes. Um. So, this guy was nicknamed Joel the Ripper, and I will okay. get into that further. Um. But trigger warnings are if you are easily offended or grossed out by dismemberment, prostitution, murder by strangulation, and blatant disregard for human life. This might not be the episode for you. I'm pretty sure like <clears throat> like all of mine seem to all, be I think all of ours are like that or like if you don't yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. You but, you can't be sensitive to the topics. And be into true crime. They just don't mix. Yeah. You got to be able to stomach it all. Yep. So. Ready. Are you ready? I am. I'm excited. Yeah. Let me tell you, me finding a murderer born on this episode date did not disappoint. Well, I've never even heard of the guy. So, like, this is great. I know this is interesting to say the least. So as we talked about, he was born January 20th, 1959. Mm-hmm. He was the son of unknown parents. Um, okay. His parents, they were probably teenagers, young and probably. could not, could not um, raise him as their child. So they adopted him out. Uh, three weeks old he was adopted and he was adopted by Bernard and Jeannie Rifkin and they're in New York Um, he was born in New York he lived his whole life in New York and so unknown family history right so there's no known known information on whether he was predisposed to killing or not right but he grew up in this family they had three years later adopted a daughter as well so they were this nice caring loving family um and they were not abusive there was no ill feeling they just wanted to take care of their children that they were so lucky to adopt is how they felt um 1965 they moved from where they were in new york to east meadow new york i did not look that up i should have looked it up i'm not sure which part of the state but um i can look it up i believe it was closer to the city because a lot of times he would go into the city okay yeah probably yeah um, in 1965, Joel was six, and that's when they moved to. So, it's not much known about his childhood, except um, during his lifetime and childhood, he was shy, awkward kid. And usually, when you're shy and awkward, you tend to be susceptible to bullies. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely that. He was bullied his entire childhood by schoolmates and um he did however he was tested for his iq and he had an iq of 128 which is considered pretty good yeah 
um not as high as mine but or mine <laughs> um just so you know it's on long island so oh that's right okay long, long island. island that's right i remember now yeah um so he did have a higher iq but academically he didn't do well in school because he was dyslexic hmm. but he did graduate high school and up until high school and and when he went to college he seemed normal except for the shy awkward that never went away he was still shy and awkward and um it wasn't until um 1987 that things kind of slowly geared him towards fantasies of violence and uh wanting to get prostitutes and just being weird because it's when his dad his adopted dad uh committed suicide because he had cancer and he was not doing well with the cancer so he killed himself right right yeah um while joel was uh at college he worked for the newspaper and he held some other various jobs. He didn't make a lot of money. He lived at home um, with his mom and his sister. And he tried to finish school. It, it just says he went to the university, not that he actually graduated. Right. Um, and he just never could hold down a really good job. But during this time, he couldn't find a girlfriend, so that's when he turned to using what little money he did have to buy time with prostitutes. Interesting. So he would go into the city, pick up ladies, and for a while he didn't um, he didn't start killing until um, later on. Right. But it does seem that the suicide put joel into a deeper depression it, and i mean that would definitely trigger you i mean his dad yes was probably gonna die anyway mm-hmm. but did it on his own terms and it, like taking away that little bit of time that you thought you had yeah left with that person like yeah yeah and so he became obsessed with violence and murder and prostitution and he had fantasies of strangling the prostitutes um he also became obsessed with the movie um the frenzy which is a hitchcock film oddly i've never seen it i don't think i've seen this one either but i'm i'm going to soon we should watch it together (gasps) oh i wish we were together we can zoom it it's fine we'll zoom together (laughs) okay um it seems that it was not necessarily his environment like he didn't grow up in a bad childhood yeah he was bullied as a kid but um there's later on when I'm gonna flip-flop a little bit back and forth but it just kind of goes towards his mental state right um there were they were saying that he is pre-wired to this condition of impulsivity and murder and um because psychologists came in while he was in prison and did um some testing and they documented it um there's several documentaries on him and the test showed that his frontal lobe right um the part of it that keeps you from doing shitty stuff the prefrontal cortex was Mm -hmm. not fully developed in joel interesting there the tests that they um performed on him just showed that he had a lack of um not just concentration but coordination very interesting yeah um he had trouble hearing things and then 
following through, following up with answers. Right. And um, had trouble repeating information back okay. that was just given to him. So they say that probably this uh, was more of the reason why he had that shut off. Right. And was able to just not care about people. Right. And I wonder, um, did they say, like, is that a genetic thing or is it just like <clears throat> something happened to him? Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to do more because I know in that depth like, on it, but all it takes is one head injury. You know? Yeah, it's true. So, it does change the brain. But, um, some say that this undeveloped part of his brain took away his feelings of remorse, impulse control, and caused him to possibly become the serial killer he became. Right. So there's a pretty good documentary called Rifkin on Rifkin. And it has some of his interviews in there. And Where is that available? YouTube, actually. Okay. I'm and there's some other... There's some other um, things. Uh, I think Oxygen, Oxygen has one. Okay. It might actually be Oxygen is the Rifkin on Rifkin. Okay, I'll search his name. Um, <clears throat> so, interestingly enough, um, Joel is quoted in saying, you think of people as things. As much as I say I wanted to stop, there probably would have been others. In all his interviews and documentaries, he never shows remorse. He said that once the soul left the body, it was dead weight and needed to be discarded, which is why he dismembered and separated the bodies for better dispersal and cleanup. Shit. So that is partly why he was called the um joel the ripper because right. he was cutting up his bodies to dispose of them um so that's a little bit of joel thanks um but now i i wanted to now talk in depth about his victims he had 17 two were unidentified oh my god so they don't really give him credit for those. Um, and his conviction later was nine bodies. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to have like proof for each one. Yeah. And if there's yeah. no evidence really like that they can put you away with, like they're not going to. Yeah. Right. Makes yeah. Sense. So authorities believed that. A woman by the name of Heidi Balk was Joel's first victim, but it would take them decades before she would ever be properly identified. Shit. He, Joel initially told detectives that he'd driven to New York City in 1989 to pick up a prostitute named Susie. While his mother was out of town, Joel and Balk returned to his childhood home where they stayed for the night. Okay. Uh, Balk kept pressuring Joel into driving her back into the city to buy more drugs, but Joel soon took out his rage on Balk. And this was his first one, so it's going to be a lot right. worse. Um, but he bashed her in the head with a howitzer artillery shell. I need pictures of this, but I'm guessing it was a larger type item. And um, it was like, yikes! he was quoted in saying, I bashed her in the head until I was too tired to do it anymore. And then he ended up strangling her to death. I'm looking up what that the is. Howitzer, Ooh. it's H-O-W-I-T-R. Oh, I've got it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a large ranged weapon between an artillery gun um also known as a cannon outside the U.S. which has smaller high velocity shells fired at flatter trajectories and a mortar okay. so it's between an artillery gun and a mortar 
Right. But it was the shell he actually used yeah. to shit. Mm-hmm. Um this is where it gets worse because now he's you know gotta get rid of the body and he severed her head and that was found in march of 1989 on a new jersey golf course but for almost 25 years detectives were unable to positively identify the remains because bulk had used various names and social security numbers so they couldn't figure out who she was uh but in 2013 detectives discovered that she was reported missing by her aunt in 2001 i'm not sure why it took from 89 to 2001 that's 12 years why it took the aunt so long but maybe because of her lifestyle she just right didn't really i don't know i don't know she was a runaway maybe like yeah but she 12 years later reported her missing and the aunt told the detectives that she used a name susan spencer so with that info was helpful to identify and match her remains as quote-unquote susie and then they got her real identity from her aunt jeez okay hold please holding because i just looked up yeah i just looked up the howitzer shell yeah the weight with the fuse in it is 95 pounds right i would get tired but it probably didn't have the weight in it but the explosive fill is only 14.6 pounds oh because those were made with forged steel dang so it was that's, like 80 pounds it's fucking heavy no wonder he got tired <laughs> that's a sack of concrete okay man. there we go the weight of the shell only still fucking heavy it's between 36 pounds and 43 pounds oh okay. that's heavy mm-hmm. okay carry on yeah. yeah i had to look it up because i was like curious i know I don't know why I didn't earlier, but You're I'm glad fine. we looked it up now. More exciting because I get to look <laughs> shit up. Uh, so 16 months after his first killing, he killed again. Um, Joel picked up Julie Blackbird. I like her name. That's a good name. Yeah. He picked up Julie Blackbird in 1990 and brought her back to his home. After the pair spent the night once again in his mother's home, uh, Joel beat her with a table leg and then strangled her to death. Shit. Joel told detectives he dismembered her body, put it into various buckets filled with concrete and dropped the buckets into the East River and Brooklyn Canal. Sadly, her body was just never recovered. I mean, it would be really rough to recover that. Yeah. Do you hear that saw? Yeah, what is uh it's my it's brother cool. i think it's adding it's, to... it's my brother but uh, if it's too much I... no it's fine it's fine okay i can barely hear it yeah nathaniel's making a table hi nathaniel <laughs> i don't know if he watches or listens or anything but tell him i, I don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know i will um yeah so julie blackbird was her body was never recovered but due to his count of it i guess she was considered one of his victims um barbara jacobs was killed on july 14th 1991 the 31 year old's body was later found inside plastic bag stuffed into a cardboard box and thrown into the hudson river these rivers man yeah I I cannot imagine what yeah. is down in all of that. We were just watching Anthony, like old Anthony Bourdain, no reservations. Uh-huh. And he was literally on the Hudson River because like he lives on the Hudson River. With with Bill Murray, or he did live there. Yeah. Oh, it's hard to I know. Still hard to process that one. I know. But he was like at a restaurant with Bill Murray and they were talking about like eating fish out of the Hudson and the chef was like, not yet, <laughs> but soon. 
They've been cleaning it up, I guess. So yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that's where my other brother Ryan works now. Yeah. He's on the Hudson River. Oh yeah. Um on September 1st, 1991, so it's two months later, Mary Ellen DeLuca, 22, lost her life after she allegedly complained about having sex with Joel and after he had already bought her cocaine. So Ooh. he got mad. It seems like he was the prostitutes that didn't give him a hard time or weren't jerks to him right. were the ones that were spared. He had a people not liking him yeah he had a rejection issue yeah um and he always went for prostitutes because number one he could get the paid and the paid affection right and because they're less likely to be looked for right 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 yeah. you know the whole they are the easier target thing yeah unfortunately it's you know um so after he bought her cocaine and she was complaining he killed her and he or <laughs> words are hard they really are <laughs> um her body was discovered in cornwall in october 1991 a month after she had been reported missing by her family so her family right away right. reported her missing good on um, them yeah uh, Yoon Lee, 31, was strangled to death on September 23rd, 1991, and Joel threw her body into the East River. There, a lot of his, like, he killed several women within a matter of months. Right. Like, a lot of them were right in this 1991 at the end. Yeah, he escalated all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, once he had that one... And then the second one, he yeah. was like, all right. He was like, I think let's I can go. do better. Let's go. Yeah. Um, Joel killed an unidentified woman in December 1991 by strangling her to death during sex. He placed her body into a 55 gallon oil drum and dumped it into the East River, and she's yet to be discovered. Oh, man. So some of these are his accounts of what happened right because they did not find the body right and he never got to be charged for those specific ones i'm sure because there was no proof right they were even dead right so yeah so lorraine orvieto 28 disappeared in december 1991 that same month right he just killed the unidentified woman uh, but her mother, Florence Orvieto, told the New York Times that she had been saving her Christmas presents for two years until she learned in 1993 that her, bo her daughter's body had been discovered in a 55-gallon oil drum in Coney Island Creek in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. Dude. Yeah. These poor families. I know. Um now we're into 1992 just a month later after those couple killings mm -hmm. uh, authorities believe that 39 year old mary ann holloman was killed on january 2nd and her body was later found in an oil drum in coney island creek now i think he had access to these oil drums because in 91 he created his own landscaping business it didn't do well, but he used that site that he had his business at as a place to, like, deal with the bodies. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, Iris, so that's, I think he was able to have access to all these oil drums or he kept right. them on that property. Um iris sanchez 25 was reported or supposedly killed on mother's day weekend in 1992 
And Joel told detectives he placed her body into a mattress and put it in an put it at an illegal dump site near the JFK airport. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So rivers, airports, construction sites. Yeah. Just all over the place. He was just doing everything he could. Yeah. Um, Anna Lopez's nude body was found May 25th, 1992 in a wooded area off Interstate 84 in Putnam County. Her mother told the newspaper in 1993 that her daughter had been a happy, outspoken child who later struggled with drug abuse and began to work as a prostitute. She vowed at the time to be present in the courtroom to let Joel and others know that the victims had been more than just sex workers. Good. Her daughter's life was important. She had fallen into a trap and it was her eventual downfall, unfortunately. But Lopez's mom stated, I want to get all these families together and I want everybody to be there in the court with me. She said at the time, I want to show these girls, these prostitutes have families who care. They were probably alone on the streets, but not in the world. Yeah. Good on her. Yeah. She really was an advocate for, you know, sometimes people choose that life, sure. But a lot of times people are brought into it because of circumstance. And some people are brought into it forcibly. Right. And it's just you know we were lucky enough not to be in that but there are so many women and children it's it's sad really yep um a second unidentified woman was killed sometime during 1991 and portions of her remains were later discovered inside another oil drum in new creek in brooklyn and her identity is still unknown so she was one he wasn't convicted of right uh, Violet O'Neill's dismembered body parts were found over three days in July 1992 in multiple waterways, including the Harlem River, East River, and a body of water near Governor's Island. Her mother, Victoria O'Neill, told the newspaper she had last seen her daughter on July 16, 1992. The 21-year-old, who was a mother as well to a young son, had been staying at the time with her grandmother in New York City when she disappeared. The mother uh, said, my daughter was a very beautiful girl. The only thing that makes me feel a little better is to think that perhaps she didn't die in pain. Fuck. Mm Gonna make me cry. I'm sorry. It just kills me. (laughs) Like, I just think like, when you're a young mom like that, you know, like in a big city, mm-hmm. it might be hard to find work and childcare. You know what I mean? Like, I know you understand that because like childcare is hard and without family members, like thankfully she had grandma, but like not everybody has that. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, it's I'm very so, hard. I'm so impressed by my mom and like she raised the three of us by herself. I don't know how the hell she did it, but she did it. Yeah. She's badass. Mm -hmm. Hi, mom. Hi, mom again. Hey, hey. And, you know, yeah. I can't Mm -hmm. imagine. I can't imagine what these poor girls were going through. And then running into that asshole. Like. Yeah. It's. These are the, you know, risks a lot of people take in their lives and a lot of times ends up sad and during that time prostitution was real heavy in the streets and I mean it's still a pretty busy yeah uh, trade I mean we will call it a trade um but now with the internet and everything you can find safer ways to make money while doing yes you know Yes. While doing things. So thank goodness for the internet. 
maybe there's less murder hopefully i mean you would hope but i don't know i don't know sick sick world out there yes um so now we move to mary Catherine williams she was 31 she was linked to joel after some of her credit cards were found among joel's belongings in 1993 when they did a search of his house and stuff um her mother doris williams described her daughter to the news outlet as a struggling actress and former high school homecoming queen who had moved to New York City from her home in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mom says that. Sorry, Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Last Christmas, 1991, she came home and we begged and begged her not to go Mm -hmm. back to New York. She did not come home this Christmas, so we knew something was wrong. Williams, the former cheerleader at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, had struggled with an addiction to crack cocaine after her marriage broke up and often turned to prostitution to help support the habit. Drugs are bad, okay? She went to a good school, too. I know. That's a good school. It is. Fuck. Yeah. Jenny Soto's body later washed up along the rocks of the Harlem River in November of 1992. 23-year-old was wearing only a t-shirt. She had pieces of skin under her fingernails, her sister Margarita Gonzalez told the newspaper in 1993. And she had fake nails and those were ripped off when she found him. Or when she fought him. Fought him. So she fought him. Oh God! She died. Sorry, I'm like thinking about painful. That the fingernails. Be. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Her family describes Soto as a quiet Brooklyn girl who loved to play with her nieces and nephews, but said she had a wilder side when she went into the city. We were out every night. Her 16-year-old sister Jessie Olmedo said at the time, she loved the clubs. She liked dressing up. Soto also had a past record for prostitution, but her family insisted she had been getting her life together before she was killed. She wasn't what they said she was, Gonzalez said. So, I don't know. She might have been a, she, she might have been an active prostitute. She might not have been. But. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to be able yeah. to afford groceries. Literally, yeah. like, that's what it comes to for a lot of these people. Yeah. The body of Lee Evans, a 28-year-old mother of two, was discovered in May 1992 by a family hunting for dandelions off the county road 51. It's not a mannequin. It's, it's never a mannequin. Never a mannequin. In Southampton, according to, according to the newspaper that, at that time, um, Evans had been the daughter of a civil court judge and had once attended attended Sarah Lawrence College. I cannot speak. It's okay. Oui. Words are hard. Words are hard. Hey, we need. We need. <laughs> we should make a shirt. That's what we need. Words are hard. Words are hard. New merch ideas. <laughs> we'll get right on that. We'll get on that. Uh, Lauren Marquez, 28, was found dead in West Hampton, and she had been a mother of two children. Not much is known about her. They just said that she was found dead. Uh, Joel's final victim. This is where things get crazy. It. Um, Joel's final victim, Tiffany Bresciani, 22, had moved to New York from her home in Louisiana to pursue her dream of becoming an actress or a singer. But an addiction of drugs would derail that dream and influence her to enter the world of sex work and begin topless dancing. Far too many stories end up like this. Yes. It is a hard world. Like, trying to be an entertainer in the world it's, is it's, just hard yeah <clears throat> but the, of other people trying to be entertainers like yeah it's, it's far too many people yeah 
by the time Joel found her on June 24th, 1993, she was his second prostitute of the night Shit. and his fourth within two days. He had a, he had a problem. <laughs> you think? Like a real problem. Like serious. But even besides the killing of these women, like he had a problem. Yeah. I don't know how he was able to afford all this to be quite honest like uh I mean wouldn't he be I mean you could probably find some pretty inexpensive I don't I don't know what I don't know the price of prostitution okay (laughs) well I'm just like wouldn't he be sore down there like just saying I don't I mean I don't I don't know I don't know maybe he had no feeling (laughs) he didn't have feelings so maybe he had no Maybe he had no actual feeling. I don't know. Could have been numb. But Joel picked her up on Allen Street and drove her to the New York Post parking lot where he strangled her at 5.30 in the morning. Dude. Uh, Yeah. From there, he drove back to East Meadow, stopping at stores along the way for rope and tarp while she lay sprawled in the back seat of his mother's car. He didn't even have his own car. Thanks, ma'am. He was taking his mom's car to do all this <laughs> nefarious shit. And you know what? That mm-hmm. woman didn't deserve a son like that. No. She was a nice, she was a nice lady. She's in uh, one of the documentaries talking about her son and she just didn't understand. She just was like, just normal. Some people are just born that I way. I know. I know. Um, so by the time he got home, she was swaddled in tarp and concealed in the trunk. Joel had just arrived home when his mother demanded her car keys. And, it, and she went on a 30-minute shopping trip. She wanted to go get groceries. She was like pissed off. He had this vehicle and she couldn't go get her groceries. Damn. Um, but mind you, what was still in the car? Did she open the trunk? The body was still in the car, but his mother never knew. And when she got home, Joel moved Bresciani's body into the cluttered garage, leaving her in a wheelbarrow. That woman never knew there was a dead body in the back of her vehicle when she went to go get her grocery run. She must have fucking been mortified when she found out that there was a body in her car while she was driving it. Right? Oh, all the creepy feels. So then he spent the next three days working on his pickup, ignoring the summer heat and the reek of decomposing. I was just going to say, like, composing flesh. Yeah. And so after this three days of, I don't know what he was doing, um, he decided to leave with her to go dump the body. But this is what got Joel caught. New York State Troopers, Sean Ruan. Sorry if I'm saying these wrong, but words are hard. Yeah. Uh, and Deborah Spargarin were patrolling Long Island's Southern State Parkway at 3.15 a.m. on June 28, 1993. They spotted a Mazda pickup truck with no rear license plate. Oh. If you're going to murder people and transport their bodies, you might want to make sure your vehicle is fucking legal. There have been a lot of like moments where a traffic stop is how yes these people are being caught yes. because they were not thinking you didn't or, use your turn signal or like you're speeding or you don't yeah. have a freaking license plate come on bro right so uh they tried to pull him over but he didn't pull over they used a the loudspeaker they were ordering him to stop but he accelerated and sped down uh, the next off-ramp into the streets of Wanta. Wanta? Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> the chase uh, went on and they called for backup and pursued 
pursued him at nearly 90 miles an hour Yikes. on these streets like in a crappy mazda yeah um five more patrol cars joined in the chase sirens wailing and the driver missed a turn and crashed oh. his truck into a telephone pole at 36 so they tried stopping it at 315 and they went for 11 no 21 minutes in that's 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 a pretty long I know you don't know this chase but time like time stands still until like during a pursuit until absolutely you stop. like all you're focused on you get tunnel vision and you're just in this mode of trying to get this person to stop right and 21 minutes that's a long that's freaking a time long time yeah uh when the vehicle crashed and he was there they offered he gave no resistance um they removed him from the pickup first him for weapons he had an exacto knife in his pocket and that was it uh the driver's license identified him as 34 year old joel david rifkin and he lived on garden street in east meadow long island i found there's a picture of his house Shit. that is in our drive um a week yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna look at it right now carry on but it's crazy to think that how many houses have had murders in them you know oh yeah too, far too many uh, um so but when they saw joel he was unkempt like just filthy looking and he had a nice layer of noxema in his mustache under his nose noxema fucking hysterical yeah it was um smeared across his mustache and when when they were speaking with him and they're like why didn't you stop dude like what is going on Mm -hmm. they said the reason they were pulling him over was because he didn't have a tag on his truck well he said that 40 minutes earlier it was on his truck and he didn't know what happened to it oh come like, on but oh, okay i'm looking at his truck right now holy hell yeah um he had no explanation for why he took off for just a minor traffic violation and um the troopers realized some funky smells i'm sure they did yeah they were probably like oh this guy smells like death yeah so they went to the back of the pickup truck (sighs) and peeled back the blue tarp and found the a woman's naked decomposing corpse (sighs) and she appeared to have been dead for several days (laughs) yeah um so this to them explained why Joel had the use of noxema under his nose. <laughs> and apparently from one of our favorite movies, it was a trick for handling corpses from the movie um, Silence of the Lambs well, two years prior. Right. So I guess that's where Joel got the idea. That is hysterical. (laughs) To put Noxema under his nose so he didn't smell the rotting corpse. That's funny. Um, When asked about the body, Joel said, she was a prostitute. I picked her up on Allen Street in Manhattan. I had sex with her. Then things things went bad. And I strangled her. Do you think I need a lawyer? You think? Uh... Joel, yeah, definitely needed a lawyer, dummy. Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> like, like, obviously, what? he does not process things well at all. Not at all. Like, yes, you need a freaking lawyer, bud. Like, um, here we go. So they took him down, interviewed him for a long time, and then he just kind of like vomited out all of his information and then went to trial and he pled not guilty 
but how do you plead? This <laughs> whole I never understand yeah. how somebody pleads not guilty after especially after confessions spewed out a confession about all yeah yeah so <laughs> dummy joel uh still alive by the way okay um, he was convicted on nine out of 17 of the murders and sentenced to 203 years in prison <laughs> he'll be eligible for parole in the year 2197 Good luck with that, buddy. Yeah, not happening. Um, Damn. So, yeah. Do we know where he's locked up or no? Um, he went to Attica. Okay. And then they were for bullying purposes because he showed up his first day with black eyes and been beaten up because he's just awkward piece of shit. Yeah. Um, they had to put him into um, 23-hour solitary okay. confinement. Um, and I don't remember. I, I think he tried to appeal that. He wanted to not be alone. Right. Um, I'm not sure if that worked out or not. Uh, but he is still locked up in New York. Okay. And I don't remember if he's still in that holder in general population, but he's just living out his days. Right. Well, I know he'd that be, he's 62 now. Right. Oh, he'll be 62 okay. on the 20th. Right. Shit. Yeah. Wild red. Yeah. That went on some turns. So yeah Oof. yeah yeah <laughs> that's all i got i'm like i'm fine <laughs> i give you hugs what a creep like yeah creep. he was he's there are several uh interviews with him and a couple documentaries and they made a movie called joel i didn't watch it because i was gonna have to pay 2.99 to to watch it and i looked at the trailer and i was like yeah i don't know about this one well and there's plenty of other stuff you could watch so didn't really need to happen right so i did spend a lot of time watching those documentaries the last couple weeks just to get a better idea of stuff but yeah word piece of shit a real piece of shit this guy yeah this guy with no Sorry. real with no real reason behind it. Except that his brain was not. He had a faulty brain. brain. Yeah, yeah. it's a faulty brain. And that's all it takes. Oh, I'm really sore. I'm really sore, guys. What uh, were you doing? Pilates. Oh yeah. Got oh, I planked. I was planking. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Part of Pilates. I had um I had some training uh was it the beginning of this week or last week oh man i don't remember i've been doing a lot for work lately was it brutal we had to do shield training and shooting and it was the first time i shot with my new eyes oh i did so well yeah i'm proud of myself i it was all worth it because for the first time in my life i was shooting with both eyes open that's amazing i can't do that Unless I'm left-handed and very, very left-handed when it comes to shooting. I am right-handed, but left-eye dominant. That's and really so common. There's oddly it's enough. really weird. It's really weird. But now I am able to shoot with both eyes. That's amazing. So congratulations. I, I cannot see up close. I lost my <laughs> my nearsightedness so now i have to wear reading glasses yeah but like but that's cool you don't have to like wear glasses i know i know it's nice bravo Bravo. well worth it well worth it so far i'm only what a few weeks like three or four weeks in something like that yeah oh gosh i lost track that's okay that's a good thing (laughs) that means you're farther along that's right 
All right. So is that, that uh, that's what you get for us? That's what I got. All right, everybody, because it's not in my pre-recorded thing still. <laughs> Go to Good Pods, please. Good rate, Pods. Great review, share, and like, you know, talk with us because we like it. And find us yeah, on Twitter and we, stuff like that too. We we need you to email us, give that us some too. ideas, give us some feedback. And, and buy our merch. Buy our merch. And don't just buy our merch. When you get your merch, send us a photo. Share photos. Or share photos, tag us. We like to see this stuff. We do. Like We're visual people. We're visual. Like hoodie. This zip hoodie is fantastic. I love this freaking. So yeah, it's American Apparel, which I used to not buy anymore because of crappy things they did, but they got bought. So I can buy them again. Nice, nice. Made in USA. Okay. Love it. Okay. Anyway, that's about it. Ta-ta for now. Thanks for listening to Crime, Coffee, and Crafts. If you love our podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This helps us more than you know. If you really love us and want to support us, go to our website at www.crimecoffeeandcrafts.com. From there, you can join our Patreon, shop our merch, and find us on social media.